Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let me start off by saying that there will be spoilers possibly, but not definitely. Another thing. I'd say at the top of every show, is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because that helps a podcast and this is one. Without further ado, I'm going to push a button that will start a timer that I will hopefully stick to, but if I don't, I don't give a shit. Because I am not a professional reviewer or talker of things, so I do what I want. And you can't stop me, because, well, this is all in the past, from my perspective, unless... You're a time traveler listening to this and go back to when I'm recording it, in which case now I'm a little worried and looking behind me. Wait, what's that? Uh, just look behind me to make sure no one appeared to kill me. Because you don't have the balls. What? What? Okay, no, still nobody there. All right, pushing the button. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Bear Necessities Film Production. Movie the first, The Jungle Book. Not that The Jungle Book, the 2016 one I thought I would watch because it has Bill Murray in it and I have seen every Bill Murray movie, I think with the exception of Garfield. <laughs> because even Bill Murray cannot fix Garfield. Although, interesting story, he came in, uh, I think he thought... Uh, like, I read a story or heard a story about it when he thought it was going to be, like, good. <laughs> and there was, like, big names involved and such. Uh, but that was not the case. He came in and took the script because he had already signed a contract to agree to do it. And he couldn't get out of it. So he said, okay, well, I guess if I'm going to be a part of this, I'm going to redo the script, basically. And try to salvage what I can. Uh, even with the amazing Bill Murray saying that, uh, from what I've heard, uh, not great as far as Garfield. I'll tell you what, if you've seen the movie Garfield and think that a love of Bill Murray will make it worth my while, even though it's maybe it's better than I'm being led to believe, let me know to uh, the Twitter address or email address provided in the closing credits, please. We're not here to talk about uh, Garfield. We are still here to talk about Talking Cats because this is the Jungle Book. 
which is uh, the same story as the original Disney cartoon, Jungle Book, which I haven't seen in a very, very long time. Uh, basically, they took that, uh, made it a little darker. It's live action. Uh, the animals are CG, done very, very well. Uh, the CG, that is. Um, took out most of the songs. <laughs> uh, kind of a, I, I guess, a smart choice if you're going to darken it up a bit. Uh, and it's good. Yeah, uh, rating-wise, I'll go a solid 3 out of 5. If you're unfamiliar with my rating system, 3 is for enjoyed while watching, but would not watch again, likely. And uh, I can't see a scenario where I'd want to watch this again. Uh, but still, enjoyed while watching. I will underline that again. Hmm. Uh, moving on to movie The Second Army of One. Ah. An American civilian sets out on his own to find Osama bin Laden. Based on a true story, apparently. Yeah, I don't know how much credit I put in that, but uh, they did have some clips at the end of the movie of the real guy uh, appearing on various news outlets. So, seemingly uh, true-ish, let's say. <laughs> that being said, stars Nicolas Cage, uh, who, uh, despite what... Nicholas Cage, some of his movies uh, being, you know, thrown into the quote-unquote bad category. Uh, I usually like them and everything, uh, including this. Probably one of my... <laughs> to say that Nicholas Cage is crazy in a movie, uh, you have to take that with a crazy grain of salt because he's crazy in every movie. Here, more so than some. Uh, definitely, uh, it's got to be in the top three of his craziest performances, if if not nipping at the heels of number one, not the bees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, so liked him. Uh, Russell Brand is God. Uh, he's very highly billed. He appears, Russell Brand that is, on the posters, uh, probably appears in all the advertisements. He has a very small role in this, so I, I kind of don't like that they did that. I thought it was going to be the two of them together for most of it, but that's not really what it is. Uh, so yeah, this guy, uh, an American, or probably more accurately, uh, apostrophe American, uh, travels over to Afghanistan in the hopes of finding and capturing Osama bin Laden. Uh, does he do it? Well, I'll leave that for you to decide. No, he doesn't. Uh, Rating-wise, 5 out of 5. Yeah, really, really like this. Lots of laughs and crazy cage. Can't go wrong. Uh, I would watch it again, definitely. Uh, Ed Wood is the next film, and it is a film because it's in black and white. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen this. Is it in black and white? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's in black and white. <laughs> that's a weird brain fart there, not remembering. Well, that's how interesting this movie is. You don't even remember if it's in black and white. Uh, yeah, hadn't seen it in a while. It's probably third viewing, if I had to guess. Still holds up well. Uh, longer than I remember. Uh, this is about the film maker Ed Wood. Uh, probably most famous for making really, really bad movies. Planet Nine from Outer Space being the most famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it. Uh... See, not holding to the timer. God damn it. Oh, you know what? Uh, this movie also has Bill Murray in it. Didn't even plan that. A mini Bill Murray, Murray movie marathon? Unplanned? Yes. Uh, directed by Tim Burton, of course. One of his earlier movies, I think. Came out in 1994, anyways. 
Uh, yeah, rating wise, four to five. Uh, I don't know if I'd give it a five out of five. You know what? I, I feel like this is the type of movie that, uh, since I hadn't seen it in five, seven years, it had built up in my head to a five out of five. But after just watching it a couple of days ago, it's gone down to a four. Does that make any sense? And then maybe as years pass and I forget about it, uh, I'll look back at it fondly and it'll bring it back up to a five. Is that the most convoluted rating I've ever given? Probably not. Probably not, which is pretty goddamn amazing. What else is amazing? Segway. Skyladder, the art, I should say, Skyladder, colon, because I like to make sure you know where the colons are. Uh, the art of Kai Guai Kang. I'm going to spell that. And you tell me how accurate you think my pronunciation was. Uh, C-A-I-G-U-O-Q-I-A-N-G. Kai Guai... <laughs> you know what? Now that I've spelt it, I can't say it as accurately as I think I may have the first time. Anyways, we're not here to talk about this guy's name. No, no, no. This is a uh, documentary, a Netflix-created documentary, which there's a few of them now, and uh, so far, so good, definitely, uh, about a... Well, let me read the... It looks like it might be good. Uh, Trace the rise of contemporary artist Kwai Gwai Kang from childhood to Mao's China to global art world superstar and join his quest to realize his lifelong obsession. Colon. Skyladder. I see. Let you know where the colons are. Uh, let you know where the colons are might work its way into the title. Let me just see. Let you know the colons are. Because that is stupid. Uh, this movie is not. Uh, Rating-wise, I'm going to go four with occasional such beautiful scenes that I wish I was watching it on a giant screen moments of fiveness. Uh, yeah, so he specializes in uh, uh, fireworks. Yeah, fireworks, smokeworks. Uh, let's just say fireworks and use that as a general thing for a lot of his art. And, and does incredible things that I've never seen anything done with fireworks before. Uh, some of, probably the best part of the movie for me was this fireworks display that was done during the day. And it was all done with, like, colored smokes, and it was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in life, just period. Uh, so for that reason, uh, it gets a, a 5 out of 5. Look, look, I, I just changed the ch changed the uh, the rating from a 4 with some 5 moments, just a straight 5, because of those moments. So, there, convoluted rating completed. <laughs> Today's television talk sponsor is the Quadruplex T3000 Computer. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, talking a little blast from the past today that I have recently uh, unearthed and uh, watched the to completion, all four seasons, I do believe, of Dexter's Laboratory, or 
I think if you want to be a little more accurate, actually, Dexter's Laboratory, because that is what Dexter calls it. If you're unfamiliar with the show Dexter's Laboratory, it is a, a television show of the cartoon variety. Uh, it aired from... When did it air? It was in the 90s, opening 200. Uh, so 78 episodes broken up into 221 segments. Huh, well, that's kind of a... Whoever counted that, kudos. Uh, and it was from 1996 to 99. Yeah, okay, so that's when I watched it. 96, how old was I? I was born in 81, you do the math, because I am incapable of doing even simple math. Um, it is perhaps a little bit after rewatching some of it, uh, some of my remembrance of love of this is in the nostalgia category. Uh, it, it holds up, uh, definitely there's, I can almost guarantee jokes in this that I get now that I didn't back then. <laughs> uh, so f for that reason, it was interesting to revisit this. Uh, it's it's about a uh, a young boy, uh, Dexter, the titular <laughs> Dexter, who uh, has a secret underground laboratory uh, under his house. Uh, he's got a uh, sister, Dee Dee, who's a fucking annoying as shit. Perhaps that was one of the reasons I had love of the show back in the day, because my sister reminded me of very much of Dee Dee. Uh, and if I had a, had a lab, she guaranteed would have fucked shit up. Uh, then he's got parents that are, you know, parents. He's got a evil arch nemesis in the form of, um, oh shit, what the hell was his name? Modoc, Modoer? No, Modoc is a mechanical organism designed only for killing. <laughs> That's silly. Uh, Modor? Anyways, some uh, fake name that uh, his evil nemesis made up. And he's got a laboratory, not a laboratory. So there's a very distinct definition there. <laughs> that was one of the jokes that I always got a giggle out of. Uh, then they did something different with this show where they would sort of take something totally unrelated to the show... Uh, and then have different segments of it. So it was almost a little bit of a variety show in that regard. So uh, the two main things I guess they would do is uh, Dexter had a monkey in his uh, laboratory. He wouldn't really appear in any of the uh, Dexter stuff. But then he would have his own sort of spinoff where uh, at night Dexter would go to bed. And then a monkey would wake up and he would be like a superhero. And would fight to uh, fight bad guys in a sort of superhero-y way. I think my favorite one of those was uh, he had to fight in a tournament with a guy who was doing an impression of Macho Man Randy Savage and sort of going planet to planet and uh, wrestling people. <laughs> Any time where there's aliens or superheroes or anything where they're forced to wrestle in order to save their planet, I love that. And that is like a genre unto itself. Or a genre you prefer uh the other one is uh the super friends which is like a hulk character captain america character and a i don't even know what the last guy would be uh, uh plays the guitar character uh and, and then they have adventures of their own but more sort of revolving around uh what what, what if these three superheroes live together in an apartment 
<laughs> so uh, crazy shit like that. And uh, maybe that's a good underlying to Dexter's laboratory. Um, it was crazy. Uh, crazy things happen. The visuals are often insane. Um, I'm going to still go 5 out of 5. Uh, after talking about it, my love is still there. So, hey, check out Dexter's Laboratory. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's double movie monologue sponsor huh, is the Yes And All You Can Eat Buffet. Yes, that's right. Uh, as sometimes happens, my uh, my input of movies into the old brain far surpasses that of books. So uh, because I hadn't finished my book, uh, and may not be for a bit now that I think about it. Well, you know what it was? Uh, last book banter. I think I combined two books into one because I read them so quick. Uh, and now I've started a new book, a Stephen King book that... Is not really gripping me so much, uh, and I'm so it's both long because it's a Stephen King book, <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it hasn't really pulled me in so much. So I'm, I find I'm reading it slower. So uh, maybe we'll have some more dovey, double movie monologues in the uh, weeks to come. I don't know. I don't know. Movie the first of this segment, uh, fifth overall, Tropic Thunder. Uh, you know what's similar to uh, Ed Wood? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not at all in terms of the movie, but similar to a movie that I hadn't seen in a long time uh, that I wanted to revisit. Uh, so I decided to because that's how I roll. Uh, stands up well, but... <laughs> and this is, I think, something I may have even heard someone mention on a podcast or something. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Blackface... Like, I, I think they do it in such a way uh, that it makes sense for the character to be obviously doing blackface. Uh, and maybe verges into racism, and sure, you could maybe be offended by it, but I also think that there's a possibility that, because it's a, a parody, uh, you don't necessarily have to be offended by this something that can obviously be construed as racism the uh the, the the blackface uh it's an it's an interesting thing and and the thing about uh, being offended uh is you could never tell someone that they shouldn't be offended you can't say you shouldn't be offended by that they either are or they're not um i personally i don't think i am there was moments where maybe i cringed a little bit but then i sort of in the grand scope of the movie uh, you know, I don't think I was offended. Okay, so, uh, didn't really talk about the movie at all, and don't have time to, so hey. Uh, rating-wise, uh, solid four. Yep, uh, plenty of laughs, uh, and an interesting premise, if you're unfamiliar with it, which I'm not going to go into, because we don't have enough time. Time. Next movie is Don't Think Twice. Uh, this... I definitely did hear about on a podcast because quite a few of the people on this are regular podcast folk. Uh, let me read the IMDA since a, a title like that really doesn't tell you anything. Uh, so I don't really like that title. Um, 
When a member of a popular New York City improv troupe gets a huge break, uh, the rest of the group, all best friends, start to realize that not everyone is going to make it after all. Uh, I think the main thing I heard of this movie before watching it was how accurate it is in terms of real life people in improv troops and their sort of interactions with one another. Uh, this is apparently spot on with regards to that. So uh, for that reason alone, I, I like sort of seeing into that uh, inner circle, that sort of behind the scenes action. Uh, stars uh, Mike Berbiglia, Gillian Jacobs, Kate Micucci, Tammy Sager, Keenan Michael Key, just to name a few. So uh, all people you, I hope, have heard of in their podcasty, uh, uh, comedic nature of one form or the other, rating-wise, do I go five out of five? Uh, I think I'm going to go four out of five just because... I don't know if I had the amount of laughter from a comedy that I would need for a 5 out of 5. But then again, this isn't really a straight comedy. It's more of a, a comedy, dramedy. Uh, 5 out of 5. Hey, what the fuck? Why? Why pussyfoot? Why pussyfoot? Uh, pussyfoot. Next is uh, Let Me In from 2010. You know what's weird about this movie? It came out in 2010, and it's now 2017. I think over the course of those seven years, I have thought of this movie a dozen times, let's say. And I bet you that's pretty accurate. And I always said, you know what, I want to watch that movie. And just never have. I, I think I've had a copy of it for a very, very long time and just didn't pull the trigger. But uh, I decided to do a bit of a cleanup on movies that I had for a long time and hadn't seen, so I'm glad I did, because I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't realize it was two hours long. Oh, wow. Uh, a bullied young boy befriends a young female vampire who lives in secrecy with her guardian. Uh, the young vampire was played by Chloe Grace Moretz, who I have spoken of very, very highly on this podcast a number of other times. In fact, I think every time she's come up, and I'll do it this time as well to keep consistent, uh, just to say that, uh, and she's quite young here, uh, she is an actress who I think we will see for many, many years to come. There's there, there's some uh, actresses who you, you'll see in a movie and you'll think, oh, okay, yeah, she's fine on that, and then they're they're gone. That you just don't see them again. But uh, like Emma Watson is one who I would put in this category of uh, just amazing actress who started very very young, and I am uh, I'm I want to say I'm sure, but we can never be sure of everything. But I'm going to say I'm sure we will see many years to come. She'll just be around. She'll be a part of the acting scene uh, well into her old age. So uh, I predict the same of Chloe Grace Moretz. And uh, as is evidenced in this movie, she was a great uh, young vampire girl befriending a boy thing. <laughs> uh, Rating-wise, uh, I'll go four. Uh, maybe, maybe five or f four or five. Uh, th this time I'm going to stick with four. Yeah. So there. Uh, next and lastly, moving on to The Magnificent Seven. Will I give it a seven? No, my scale only goes up to five, and also it wasn't great. 
this definitely falls into the category of movies they remade that they didn't need to because the original was very good. <laughs> uh, that being said, that 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 whole thing never really bugs me. I don't care. Do whatever you want. If people are going to watch it, they'll watch it. Hey, I watched it and did enjoy it. Like, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Uh, Chris Pratt, for me, carried this movie uh, from a 3 to a 4. So, thank you, Chris Pratt. Denzel Washington, also very, very good. Can't go wrong with a little Denzel. Actually, everyone's good in this. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ethan Hawke, Byung-Hung Lee, Manuel Garcia Ruffalo. Oh, you know what? I wanted to look up the girl, because she was... Is that the girl? Haley Bennett? Let me get a look at her. Oh, yeah, I guess it was her. Yeah, she was, like, stunning. Uh, and she had red hair, which, uh, something about girls with red hair I normally do not find attractive. I'm sorry if you're a girl with red hair listening to this. Uh, but she did have red hair, and she's just, like, stunningly beautiful. Um, also, incredibly good actress, uh, from, from sort of teary, from a dead husband to... Uh, she will kick your fucking ass, which is what I like. And you know what? I I almost wish she had more of that, uh, and less of the the teary girl, more of the kick ass girl, because that is something we need in movies. Just period. Uh, rating wise, I already did. Uh, Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Okay. Today's game, Gabin Swanson, is Red Hook Psychiatry Exposure Therapy Specialists. Okay, I got a new video game to talk about uh, that I have, for all intents and purposes, completed, uh, and that is Darkest Dungeon. So there will not be a many parter, as sometimes happens in Game Gabin segments. Uh, I say for the most part, for the reason that uh, this is the type of game very, very reminiscent to me of uh, the game Faster Than Light, or FTL, if you prefer, and you probably do, because that's what it's called, uh, in that it's a game that I can easily see myself uh, periodically just checking in on it, going, playing a little bit, because uh, it fits very, very well with that sort of pick-up-and-go uh, I think this would be an amazing, and same with Faster and Light. I wonder why they never did a mobile version, or maybe they did, and they, I just don't know about it. Uh, you kind of do need the mouse because there's so much clicking, and they could probably figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so so what this is is uh, the double is um, you play. I was gonna say you play a guy, but. You more accurately play a rotating series of four people, men and women. Uh, I say rotating because uh, every time you complete a mission, uh, the people who, the, the four players you were just playing with in that mission, will not, well, it's not that they can't, but they shouldn't 
play in the next mission because they need to rest. Uh, the reason that is, when you are going into a dark dungeon, huh? like from the title, huh? uh, you're going to be stressed out. Uh, it's going to be tough work. You're going to have to fight shit. Uh, you're going to be in scary, scary darkness, which will wear on your sanity. Uh, so you're going to need some time in the inn, maybe having some drinks. Maybe you're going to uh, go to the brothel. Maybe you're uh, of the religious type and you'll go to the church and pray away the uh, whatever and get calm again. So you're ready to face a new mission. So you have up to 28 different people at any given time that you can choose from uh, to go into these dungeons uh, four at a time. Max max four. You could do one at a time if you wanted to, but your odds of success, probably a little less. Uh, now, the faster than light sort of feel of that is you are deciding many things that they are going to have when they go into the dungeon. Uh, first and foremost is what type of people. So... There's different classes. Jeez, uh, um, got to be like a dozen at least. Probably close to a dozen. Let's say, let's just say that. Close to a dozen different types. Uh, each of the types has, uh, I think, eight different moves that you could choose from. Um, and of those, you can only have like sort of four active at a time. Uh, then you want the moves to interact well with the other ones. So, for example, one maybe focusing on healing. Uh, one focusing on uh, hitting from afar, one sort of taking damage, being a tank up front. Um, then then there's the whole choosing where they go. Uh, it's 2D, so picture four guys on a screen walking from uh, left to right. Or is it right to left? Left to right. Uh, then you put them in the order. So, for example, you're going to have the guy with the bow... Uh, in the back, and you're going to have the guy with the big axe and the shield in the front, and maybe the healer in the middle, so she's protected, uh, uh, that, that sort of idea. And then there's the equipment that they have, which didn't have a huge... No, no, yeah, yeah, that does... There's the equipment on their person, and then there's also, separately, the equipment that they're bringing into the dungeon. So, for example, and primarily uh, torches, uh, <laughs> that's another mechanic... Uh, if your torch goes out, uh, I'm not sure if you get more bad guys or the bad guys you do get get tougher. So there's some strategy there. Uh, really, just an incredible game. 5 out of 5. Highly recommend Darkest Dungeon. Bring it over to uh, mobile, guys. That would be amazing. Uh, today's internet sponsor is I like that hat me haberdashery. Okay, uh, so internet intercourse item the first YouTube short films. Uh, yeah, so did I come across this through Chive or the Chive? I do believe, but I've also seen it on uh, Stumble Upon. Many tripping through the interwebs. Uh, the fact that you could go on YouTube, I don't know if you could type in short films, probably wouldn't work, but you, you know what you could do, uh, go into Google and say, type in, uh, top 10 short films of 2016, 
And quite often, uh, those short forums will appear on YouTube. And then you can watch them. Hey, that's how that works. Uh, and I recommend you do because it's uh, there's, there's not many platforms that you're going to be able to watch short films really like where else would you do it in festivals i don't get too many film festivals dear so uh this is a good resource for someone like myself uh i've watched a bunch they were on chive i think uh, a lot of them were australian uh and in sort of some australian film festival they were really really good uh some some dark gritty ones that were sort of shockingly shocking oh boy shockingly shocking i should just hit stop on this after using that sentence or i can move on to zero punctuation top five games of 2016 uh since i have had this podcast 2012 i guess i have periodically brought back zero punctuation to talk about uh so it's been around a long time longer than this podcast at least uh, what it is, is, oh god, there's the double is again, uh, a, a guy who talks very, very fast, um, about video games, uh, over top of visuals that are hilariously, uh, interlaced with his hilariously talkings. Oh boy. Uh, he seemingly, and I think I've mentioned this before, seemingly hates video games. <laughs> so I don't know why he does this to himself. Every week has to friggin' play a video game and talk about it when he hates them so much. He's doing it, obviously, I think obviously, I hope obviously, for comedic effect. Uh, this is, this is a list, I don't know if he's been doing it for the beginning, but I do remember, I think the, at least the last couple of years, He'll talk about the five best games uh, that he played over the year. He'll talk about the five worst games that he played over the year. And then uh, something, his little twist on it that I very much appreciate, his five mediocrest <laughs> games of the year. Uh, all done just incredibly well. Love this guy. Uh, so recommend you check out Zero Punctuation in general, but why not start, start, start. Uh, yeah, with his top five games of 2016. Next we have PewDiePie Discovers Fiverr. And that's Fiverr with two R's. Fiverr is a site I have spoken of on this podcast uh, last year, year before. It was a while back anyway. Uh, something I have used for this podcast uh, to make a couple YouTube videos. Uh, what else did I use it for? I, I had them uh, once attempt to make a logo. None of them came out great. Like, I made better logos than the ones that they gave me. Uh, anyways, it's basically a site where you can go and pay people five bucks or so to do things. The the things you could pay people to do are, are a very wide variety. Let's just say that. So uh, PewDiePie over there on YouTube may have heard of them and it. Uh, apparently found this site, and because he is a Brazilianaire, uh, has used some of his five dollars to pay people to do some crazy things. And uh, the video came out very well, so uh, I thought I would speak of it here. So you go watch it, right? Ah, it doesn't make any sense. But what does make sense is Harmon Town's Australia tour. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, was it four or five, I do believe, episodes of the podcast Harmontown? He and gang went over to Australia 
and uh, recorded a bunch of live podcasts, which is uh, pretty incredible to hear uh, hear that because the thing about Harmontown is it's so interactive with the crowd that the podcast is sort of greatly changed depending on the crowd, which is a sort of fascinating thing uh, to behold. Or do you behold if it's still just listening? Do you behear? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, regardless, they were great. Uh, and sort of them trying to figure out how to please and appease the Australian crowds was uh, something else that uh, tickled my fancy. And I hope yours as well. Last but not least, in fact, probably most. I don't know about most either. But uh, the Adventure Zone number... 54. Uh, I remember I wanted one more podcast to talk about uh, and then uh, listen to that and it's sort of jaw-droppingly amazing. So wrote it down here. <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Adventure Zone, for shame, it's a podcast in which uh, a family uh, is it's uh, f- uh, father and three sons play Dungeons and Dragons, record it, post it, done. Um, And it's friggin' awesome for many levels. Uh, The comedy, first and foremost, because I don't know if you could do this sort of thing and have it not be amusing on some level. But then for the storytelling and the action, actual sort of playing of Dungeons and Dragons, that for me is one of the highlights as well. Uh, I've taken some of the ideas from the show and brought it over to my own Dungeons & Dragons game. So, you know, so there. So there. Is that a compliment? Yes, I hope so. What else is a compliment is to say... Well, this doesn't make sense, but... It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. (laughs) I like Ron. Command codes verified. Stand by. Hello, this is Pendulette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularis podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller.